Welcome to the Shy Girls Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Smith, mom to four boys, obsessed with chocolate, a life coach and a fitness professional. I'm here to teach you that being an introvert, quiet or shy is not a character flaw that you can let go of self-hate and choose to be comfortable with yourself exactly as you are, that you can focus on your unique strengths, gifts, and talents while striving for a fit mind and body. Hello and welcome to the podcast. How are you? I wanted to let you know that I have another monthly class coming up, and it's going to be on June 11th at 7 p.m., and I'm really excited and passionate about the topic, which is Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. Now, if you haven't heard of her or her Four Tendencies, it's a personality framework that helps you discover how you meet expectations, or I like to even say how you get things done. And in putting it towards the mom framework, because it is a mom support class, when it comes to getting things done as a mom, you get to learn and discover more about yourself. And you might be wondering why, why, why does it matter? Why should I care about that? And let me tell you that learning her four tendencies and understanding myself a little better helped me to accomplish something that I had put off (laughs) for years. Um, But once I understood how to meet that expectation or how to find the motivation um, for this thing I wanted to accomplish, I was, and I understood why I understood my tendency and my personality, I was able to plug it in and I was able to accomplish that goal. And it was from understanding this. Another thing that learning the four tendencies really, really helped me with was my relationship with my oldest son. He is a different tendency than me. And I have talked about these tendencies on the podcast before. So you could check out those episodes. Um, And he is a questioner where I'm an obliger. And knowing and understanding that the way he reacted to things, the way he saw things, the way he met expectations was different than me. And there was nothing wrong with it, but that we just saw the world through different eyes. So if you can join me, of course you can join me in June 11th, 7 p.m. on Zoom, no matter where you live or where you're hearing my voice join me. It's um, going to be only $25. If you sign up before our deadline, then it's only $20. And there's going to be some coaching in with that. Not only do you get to learn about the tendencies, but you're going to learn or be exposed to some more coaching, any problems that you have, you can come with that. And also, we're building up a community of moms to support each other um, because it is such an amazing and important work, and we need all the help and support that we can get. So without further ado, our topic today is Freedom from Fear, A Spiritual Journey, and it is with my new friend, Shalise Fike. And I hope you really enjoy this. She has so many golden nuggets in here that I almost wanted her to say them again. Um, She gets to share with you 
her struggles and what it looked like in her life. But one thing that I took away from this was that we all struggle with the same thing, which is really fear. And this, the form of fear it took for her uh, may not look exactly like yours, or you might say, yeah, that is me exactly. So take a listen, enjoy, and here you go. Shalise, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Becky. Thanks for inviting me. Will you introduce yourself? I will. I am Shalise Fike. I am a wife, a mother, an entrepreneur, an artist, a mentor, and a daughter of God. Love it. Okay. So you are also um, a sister-in-law to one of my very best friends. And she told me that you have a really great story, an inspirational story that we need to hear. So I contacted you and here you are, right? Yes. I'm yes. very, very, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> and it makes me think I've got something that might be of value to someone. I love that. That, that makes me feel so special. <laughs> Good. Well, and I believe everyone does, but there are people who their stories are a little more visible, you know, that you can see a little more. And with her being your sister-in-law, she, she knows the inside story of what's going on. So I want you to just go ahead and start your story. Start wherever you want to start and, and tell us. Okay. So I think we'll go back to 2000 and we'll say 2001. Okay. And I was serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I was called to serve a mission in the Padova, Italy mission. And um, I got out there and I, I was so excited, like Italy, right? How yeah. amazing is this? And it, and it was amazing. <laughs> but there were, some, there were some things that I learned about myself out there that were not so pleasant. And um, I experienced some really, really intense anxiety and depression. And to the point where I, about four months before I was supposed to come home, I call up my mission president and I said, I need to go home. I think I need to go home early. I can't do this anymore. I'm not doing anybody any good. I'm a mess. I, need, I just need to go home. And so he had me call my parents and my, I had a really good conversation with my dad and my mom, but especially uh, my dad who let me know that he also suffered from similar things. And I guess it never really occurred to me uh, that there was anxiety and depression in our family. And I look back and I laugh at myself now and because I see it. But um, that they said, we would love for you to stay, but we want, you know, on your mission, but we want you to do what is best for you and we support mm. you and love you 100%. And so it was kind of like, okay, it's up to me. And I just kind of wrestled with the decision for a few days and just could not find peace at all. And there was so much fear. I was like, if I go home, I'm going to be a huge failure. And I'm da 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 right? And so one night uh, when my companion was sleeping, it was probably midnight, and I just could not sleep. So I just went into the bathroom and knelt down on the floor and just part, poured my heart out um, to Heavenly Father and 
all of a sudden, I mean, it was just kind of like, help me, help me to know what to do, what's the right thing for me to do. Uh, and I just, there was, so there was this just fear that was so intense. I could cut it with a knife and all of a sudden I felt this warm tingling sensation from the top of my head down to the tips of my toes and, um, just felt the words <laughs> be still and know that I am God. And just everything, all the fear that I had just totally vanished. And I knew that I was going to stay on the mission. And that was my decision. That's what I wanted to do. I had no idea how I was going to manage it. My mission president transferred me to somewhere that was sunnier. (laughs) I got a little bit more sun. And I was able to finish out the rest of my mission successfully. And that single experience, spiritual experience, helped me to personally know that I had a Heavenly Father that cared about me, that loved me, and that knew me, and that knew exactly what I needed. And so that, um, especially going through so much fear and anxiety, um, it was amazing to come out of that just with the support, knowing that I wasn't alone, and that I didn't have to do the hard things alone. So it was almost 20 years ago. Did you really understand that it was anxiety and depression then? Did you have words for it? Back then, actually, yes. I think I, that was when I realized that I did have anxiety and depression, but I, I had looking back on my life before that, I didn't know, but I had experienced anxiety and depression All before along. that. Okay. Right. Growing up, probably starting at about, well, before, ah, since I was a kid. Okay. Since I was a kid and um, I, I would have, panic attacks that would put me, would knock me out for a couple of days as far as my body would just tighten up and my stomach, I would get so sick throwing up and just, just, and there wasn't anything, like I had no idea what was going on Mm -hmm. and um, just didn't know what it was. And now I'm like, oh, that was anxiety, like intense, that was a panic attack, you know? And so interesting to be able to look back and be like, oh, light bulb, that's what that was. Just wondered if you had words for that. And then also wondering, um, after you had that spiritual experience, um, what changed for you after that? Were you still feeling all the anxiety and the depression, but you were able to manage it better? Or did it, did it lessen? Oh, it definitely lessened. I mean, okay. it, 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 at that instant, the, the really intense fear and anxiety like totally just went away through the rest, maybe the last four months of my mission, I experienced, a, I would experience, you know, a little bit of fear, but it was manageable. I would think back often when those feelings would come up, I would think back on that experience and think, God knows me. God loves me. I'm Be okay. Still. Yeah. Be still and know that I'm God. So even when that, you know, those words would come back, not with as much intensity, but I didn't need that much intensity because mm-hmm. the feelings had lessened. That makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. And often that is a lot of the answer that we get is that be still like the meditation, the, the breath, and people often don't want to hear that because it's like almost, I don't want to say easy, but too simple of an answer. Mm -hmm. 
And mm-hmm. sometimes we don't want to hear that, but I, I love how you embraced that, but cause you actually, you felt it. It wasn't just something you heard, something that you experienced and felt. Yeah. Yeah. And it was almost a command. Okay. You know? It was, it was like a command girl, chill. <laughs> I got this. You don't need it. And, and it's, you know, the world does not revolve around you almost like you're it's you're okay I got this I got I got everything you just need to chill you'll be okay okay and it was it was just kind of a heavenly father taking my hand and being like okay little girl you got this let's go we can make it together okay so and and I've had um yeah. Fast forward. Do you want to hear some more? Yeah. Let's, let's keep okay. going. Cause you know, it's not like you just have an experience and then you're like, oh, okay, well I'm done with fear for the whole I'm rest good. of my life. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not exactly. how it works. You keep learning exactly. the same lesson over yes. and over, but it's in, it's in layers or maybe levels. Like, you uh, know, it's like Tetris, like you pass <laughs> yes. the level and then you just get a harder one. Yep. No, nope, so tell I me think the next harder one. <laughs> okay, so the next harder one, and I think you're right because I think that that experience carried me through to to for a couple of years, and then I got married, met this wonderful man after my mission, young man, and um, I tricked him into marrying me. <laughs> and well, he's he says he tricked me into marrying him, but I don't know. It's still Those actually are the best I think, kind. If you both think that. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> my husband went to nursing school and um, we started to travel, do travel nursing, maybe six, uh, let's see, I guess it was about two and a half years after we got married, we had our first child and we did some traveling and lived in Arizona, California, Seattle, then back to Utah, back to Seattle, wow. and then to West Virginia. So we had a few moves. We had a few moves and a few things going on um, during that time. Three children, you know, when we ended up in West Virginia, we had three children under the age of six. And my husband was going to school 60 plus hours a week with study time. And he also had a a leadership position in the church. It was very... um, busy ward. We'll say it was very, a very challenging ward. Wonderful. Lots of awesome people. But my husband was elders quorum president. Mm. And so he was gone for school and then gone for church a lot. And so during that time, I had a lot of anxiety and some irritation. Like I was nowhere near any of my family and I was sad and angry and like just overwhelmed with the, the, uh, um, just all the challenges. And I began to put on a ton of weight. We're talking, I, I was probably close to 200 pounds Okay. in that, during that time. And it was really challenging. I, I found myself just eating and eating and eating and I couldn't, I couldn't stop. Um, and there was a, a point during, uh, oh, it was at the end of grad school, my husband was at an interview in Idaho. He was interviewing for a job in Idaho. And I was at home with the girls 
and I had another serious panic attack and I, my heart was going crazy and I was feeling really sick and I had a neighbor take me into the ER and another neighbor took my kids. And, um, when I was in the ER, they gave me a medication, um, to kind of help with some dizziness and they sent me home. I was fine. They were just, they weren't worried about it. I was, uh, they didn't know what was going on. It was at my, they, I think they did an EKG or something. It came back fine, but I, I went home and, uh, had a reaction. I was taking another medication and the medication that they gave me reacted with one that I was already taking mm. and caused it was, it caused me to have suicidal thoughts and, oh. um, and thoughts about harming my kids. And it was terrifying. Yeah, it was. It was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. It was actually the night my husband came home. Um, I, I had experienced these thoughts and I'm like, whoa, 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 this is not me. This is not normal. What's going on? So we kind of looked at research and, and decided it was a, a drug interaction. And uh, I just really struggled for quite a while with that. I was really scared to be at home with, you know, home alone or home with my kids. And, and it was just hard to manage. It was just really terrifying and really hard. Um, but I had family that just really rallied around me and helped me through that experience. Um, so my husband, <laughs> my husband didn't take the job in Idaho, but he took a job in Maine okay. and it was, even further away from home, I really wanted to be close to home. And I was really angry with Heavenly Father. I was really angry with God that I didn't get to be close to my family. Yeah. But he put, it, he put us in Maine and uh, my anxiety and depression worsened. And my relationship with my husband was on the rocks. It was really, a really hard, challenging time for our family. Okay. Um, and my, my weight ballooned. Out of, I was out of control with my eating. And all of a sudden, I don't know, I was reading this book and uh, I saw a diagram of the addiction cycle. I don't know if you've ever seen it, <laughs> but if you've, if you've not seen it, anybody that's listening, just look up the addiction cycle and you'll get okay. a diagram. And I saw myself in the addiction cycle in relationship to food. Okay. And I was like, holy moly. Oh my gosh. I use food to cope. Like I use it like a drug. What the heck? Like I'm a Mormon. I can't be an addict. <laughs> we don't do drugs. We don't, we don't drink alcohol. We don't do any of that stuff. I couldn't possibly be an addict, you know? Yeah. And so I started to do some more research and, and found myself really having a desire to quit using the food. Like stop using it. And I was led and guided by the hand of God once again <laughs> to, to find people that could help me um, to have what I needed to, to quit using food. Okay. And so, um, so can you clarify right here? Yes. The difference between addiction and just cravings or in in life coaching that I do we have a, a tool that we teach a principle that we teach it's called buffering and that's when we put something between us and feeling our feelings and mm -hmm. it can be things like alcohol drugs but it can also be food it can be Netflix it can be shopping 
right? Mm -hmm. And so can you, um, and I would say addiction is maybe just buffering, getting way, way out of hand. Out of control. But how would you differentiate? Because, you know, in this, in this world, people throw out the word addiction a lot, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm so addicted to sugar, like I've even Mm -hmm. said it. So tell me what, what that really is. What is that really like? Sure. So for, there are people who can, can eat, let's just say for, for me, like there are people who can eat more than is necessary or like overeat, but then they can come back and manage it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. they can on their own, they can manage it. They can come back, they can lose weight. They can, can maintain a weight that is healthy. Yes, they can keep it in check. So an, an addiction would be to the point where I can no longer, I don't no longer have the choice to stop. So it, it's like, you know, for me at the very worst point of my eating, it was like, we're talking seven cupcakes at one sitting, like we're talking entire bags of Oreos. We're talking entire, you know, boxes of granola bars. And it's like, you, you, you have to have the cravings get so bad that, and, and that, um, that need to get that high, I would say is so intense that you just can't stop on your own. Like I just couldn't do it. You know, I promise, oh yeah, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to start that diet tomorrow. Or I, I'd be able to do a diet for a while. You know, I'd lose 40, 60 pounds. And then I'm like, I'm good. And then I'd get back on the stuff, you know, get back eating terribly. And then I couldn't get back on the diet and I'd gain 20 more pounds than what I lost. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, I couldn't, without outside help, I couldn't put down the substance. Yeah. I couldn't put down the Oreos. I couldn't put down. Um, And so for me, I, have uh it's kind of came to my attention that there is a physical allergy associated and and when I say allergy people are like well you know I know peanut allergy where your throat closes off and you can't breathe right but an allergy is just like an adverse abnormal reaction to a substance okay true yeah so the ab- adverse abnormal reaction that my body has to certain substances, flour, sugar, artificial sweeteners, um, is that when, when I put them in my body, it kicks on this craving that cannot be satisfied. Once it's in, once it's in, there is no, there is no stopping it. I, I have no, I have no off switch with that. And at one point, I think I did, but I think I crossed a line that okay. it, my body no longer is, was able to handle those, those substances. Okay. There are people in this world that can eat one Oreo, r- roll up the bag, and put it back in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am not one of those people. So okay. this is something that I, I know about myself, yeah. and it's, it's something that um, has been just really interesting. So so that's one of the issues as a food addict is that, okay. so I've got that physical allergy, you mm-hmm. know, adverse abnormal reaction. And then I have a mind that tells me 
that I'll feel better if I eat those substances. Yeah. So I, you know, it's like, it's just kind of this terrible spiral, but yeah. that will get out of control. Learning these things, I was able to, uh, God led me to some amazing people that were living in just, that had found a different way of living, a new way of living that um, involved having just a closer relationship with Heavenly Father um, and not eating in that way anymore. Like there, the, I was able to find the help that I needed to, to put solid boundaries around my food okay, and to be able to manage it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I weigh and I measure my food. Okay. I eat, I weigh and measure everything that I eat. And it sounds a little bit crazy and people are like, wow, that's really restrictive. But for an, for me as an addict, I, it has given me freedom because I don't have cravings. I don't have, um, the food does not call to me. I have these solid boundaries and I'm free to just live my life. And it's awesome. This experience was so interesting because what I was lacking, basically the food was blocking me from being able to have the power from God that I needed to be able to manage my life. So my food was out of control. My life was out of control. Everything was total chaos. Because it was between you and your feelings. So you can't, it's harder to, God communicates to us a lot of times through our feelings. And so if you're buffering so much that you can't feel. Then it's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I needed, I personally needed just a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new Mm -hmm. way of connecting with, with God. Um, and even though I was, you know, I grew up going to church every Sunday, every Sunday, and I did have, you know, a personal relationship with Heavenly Father. You know, I had had those experiences throughout my life where like, yes, I know he's there. I know I'm not alone, but this experience kind of brought me to a closer place and has, um, once, once I put that food down, put boundaries around it, and it wasn't a buffer anymore, mm-hmm. um, the freedom from the fear has been incredible. So it's not just that part. Like I put that food down and then I had the opportunity to kind of go through and look at my life, go through all of my past, go through and look at some, you know, relationships and things that had bothered me and be able to uh, look at them with new eyes and clearly um, understand where my thinking was completely and totally out of whack and uh, where I had lied to myself, where I had lied to others, where I had um, not living, I was not living in reality at all. And so all of these things that I was thinking and believing and and, um, basically my food going to the food was my reaction to all of that mm-hmm. it was just one of those it was like I, I can't deal with this so I'm gonna cover it up you know and I was it, that's essentially what it was for me yeah because everything um, we do in life is because we want to feel a certain way we want to feel 
certain feelings. And so you're using the food, you're going to the food to, to stop feeling a certain way or to feel a certain way when you eat mm -hmm. the food. Mm -hmm. It's all, yeah, yeah. And, and I love that you went into the thoughts, right? Because we totally do that. We lie to ourselves. We um, aren't exactly living in integrity um, with other people and with ourselves. And we can go back and look at those thoughts and examine them and be like, just like we would pick up, go in our closet and be like, do I still like this? Or who is it, Marie Kondo, who is like, does it bring me joy? I mean, you could do right. that with thoughts does too, right? Does it serve me? Does, does it, it serve, serve me? me? Is it working for me? Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I feel like it's such a huge blessing. I don't think I could have come to this or had this experience or come to this understanding on my own. Like, I love that um, this is what you do. You You help people to see, like, it's really hard for me to see my thinking that is off. It's because really hard for it. me to see it. Right. It's like, it's, it is true. Everything that I think yeah. is true, you know, until it's, I, I, I've been given a new way of living that allows me to every single day, look at, look at the thoughts that are causing the feelings that are causing the actions. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's, um, that is where the freedom comes in. The truth shall set you free, yeah. you know, and, and having the opportunity to, um, to just see, just see the truth and live in it is it's, it's incredible. And it, it has brought me to a new place of, of freedom. I've, um, after putting the food down, had the opportunity to, uh, begin painting. My dad got me painting. He's a professional artist. And that's something that I would, if, if I was still eating, if I was still doing those things and believing the things that I was thinking, I would not be where I am today. You know, I would, I would be, I, I, I hate to even think about where I would be right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel that, I don't know, it's just been such an, it, it's been such an interesting spiritual experience. Um, being guided and led through all these different experiences. So can you think of, of, or would you want to share, and it's okay if the answer is no, but any of the thoughts that mm -hmm. you were able to um, question, that you were able to, because uh, I don't know that we ever get rid of them. Some of them we oh, right. can. But, but some of them pop come, back up over some and Some of them pop back up. Like I'll have clients be like, oh, I'm, I'm still struggling with this. And I'm like, uh-huh. And you're going to like it, it, it just because we're onto it and we understand all these things, it doesn't mean that, that they stop or that they go away. So are there any that you would feel comfortable sharing with us? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love this. Um, some, before we go into that, let me just also say this. I used to think of fear, anxiety, worry, all of those things as negative emotions. And now I see them as just warning lights, like hmm. in your car where your oil light turns on or your gas light turns on. It's like, oh, you need to pay attention to this. When I feel fear, when I feel worry, when I feel depressed or anxiety, that is a check engine light for me. I love that. Look at what you're thinking. What are you thinking? And then instantly, if I can find what I'm thinking, 
and then find the truth, then the warning light goes off and the fear vanishes. Oh, I almost want to have you say that again. That's so good. <laughs> so good. It's a warning so, light. It, it's a war- it is a check engine light. It's a check engine light. It's like, I'm feeling afraid. What am I afraid of? And then putting it on paper. I love putting it on paper is one of the most beautiful things in the world. I don't know if you are familiar with uh, Byron Katie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she, um, the work that she does is um, just absolutely incredible mm-hmm. and played, played a role in, in some of my cleaning house of my brain. And, and uh, it's been incredible to go through her. But again, that listening to her helped me to see that those feelings, those emotions are, um, they're a check engine light. And, and I just need to look at what I'm thinking. Yeah, well, and I love that when you don't make it big and scary, then there's no reason to push it down and try to, because the natural reaction is to try to push it down like you're holding that beach ball down under the water, mm-hmm. right? Or to go buffered away with food because we just don't want to feel it. But mm-hmm. if you're just like, oh, it's just a check engine light. What's, what's going on? That means we got some wires crossed up here. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And we're just yeah. going to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like taking it and unraveling it one little thought at a time. Mm. And I have had some incredible mentors in my, in my experience who have guided me through this experience of untangling and unraveling um, because they had done it for me yeah. and they're, they, they can see it. And, and it's, real, it's a lot easier to see uh, those kinds of fallacious reasoning and thinking in somebody else when oh, they're yeah. talking than it is in yourself. And so having someone to help do, you know, do that process is just absolutely incredible. Um, so back to your question, thoughts that keep popping up. Yeah. So I think the biggest one that kind of underlies everything and it comes up all the time is you're going to love this one. You're not good enough. Oh yeah. You're not good That's enough. That's a core fear. Yeah, core fear. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you're not good enough. Um, and oh, let's see if I can think of an experience where, okay. One that I just did recently. So um, as I was looking at getting into another gallery for my artwork to um, kind of expand my marketing, uh, I found this gallery that I really wanted to get into in Texas and uh, I was really anxious and terrified and that thought popped up. I was like, you're not good enough. And I was, and, and I was like, really, really? So I look, okay, I'm not good enough. My art's not good enough. No one's going to like it They're When I call them, they're not going to want to talk to me. Um, so I wrote all these things down and then turned them around. So it was like, um, actually I've sold quite a bit of art and, uh, people do like it and I love it. And of course they're going to want to talk to me. Of course they're going to want to talk to me. They're going to make money off of me. Of course they're going to want to talk to me. And they, and, and, um, I was like sitting there with the phone in my hand. I was like going to call them to ask them if they'd look at my work. And, and I just was turning around these thoughts in my head, like, um, okay, of course they're going to want to talk to me. 
my artwork is going to be exactly what they're looking for. And so like going through and just turning that around. And then I made the phone call and it was hilarious because the stuff that I'd written down for what they would say, because my artwork is good enough and I am good enough, like almost verbatim what I oh your artwork is exactly what we've been looking for <laughs> that's crazy like, how that happens yeah it was it was hilarious I was like really oh my gosh but so that that thought for me like it comes up all the time that's mm-hmm. the, kind of the the underlying belief that I've had that I'm not good enough and it's just it's a lie but I have to I have to re I have to look at it in relation to many things you know it I'm like okay I'm taking care of it in this area and then it'll pop up again and be like okay well look at it here like whack-a-mole it it down and then it pops up somewhere else and it is it is but it it's funny because when it does pop up I just laugh again like oh there it is again you're not good enough yeah actually I am good enough Well, I heard this interesting thing today on another podcast when they were saying that whenever your brain tells you, like talks in the third person and says, you are not good enough, that you let you know where it's coming from. That it's coming from Satan or it's coming from outside of you. But anything that's I, because I heard you say, I am good enough. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? So just to look for the you's and the I's. When it's a you, you can be like, hey, you know, that's coming that's from not somewhere coming else. That's not coming from me. That's right? not coming from me because I'm good enough. Yeah, I am good enough. Yeah. Wow, that's really, those are really good thoughts. I like that. So kind of another, just another check engine light right there. Like if yeah. I'm feeling those thoughts, is it a you or an I? Yeah. Is that, that can determine lie. Oh, bingo. The lie. Yeah. Lie detector there. Yeah. You know, I love that. Is it just the, the maintenance now, um, of working on those thoughts and then having your boundaries around food? Is it, and that's, you just, you maintain and you keep practicing and you're consistent. Is that where you're at right now? Yes. And that's the interesting thing about, that's the interesting thing about this kind of work and this kind of recovery we'll call it is that it's something that has to be maintained that I it I'm going to be continuously growing and learning along these lines and I have to I have to check in with God every single day in this you know and that I I I I I gotta keep what I'm doing keep doing what I'm doing Mm -hmm. it worked for me yesterday yeah. And it'll work for me again today. And it's just kind of a continual, it's kind of like, you know, you brush your teeth and you're like, oh, I brushed my teeth yesterday. I don't need to brush my teeth today. But it's like kind of a, we'll just call it a mental toothbrush, you yeah. know, <laughs> a mental teeth brushing that, that um, living in this, living in this way and looking at your thinking and finding the truth is something that I will need to do for the rest of my life. Uh, for my sanity, mm-hmm. for, for um, I know when, when I was in my addiction, I was not a very nice person to be around. And I think I'm a much more pleasant person to be around today uh, when, I'm, when I'm taking care of business in my head. Yeah, because when you don't feel good about yourself, then that's how you treat other people. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I don't do it perfectly. There are days when I'll go, I'll like the lie will go, the lies will go on in my head for a couple of days and I'll feel that anxiety and depression again. And then it'll be like, oh, duh, I've got, I've got a way to manage this, Mm. you know, and, and I'm always constantly working at, at catching things before they get, before they take hold, you know, working on the, the thinking. So, so what advice would you give to someone? who is in the midst of this right now. It's feeling out of control. It's feeling like they're not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. Is caught in the cycle and they don't understand what's going on. What would you say to them? Reach out. Okay. Reach out because I know for myself I could not get out of that that place that dark pit by myself. Um, you have people around you and specifically if, if it's an issue of food, give me a call. I'm going to leave my number say. here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. or email or whatever I can put it in the show yeah. notes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you my phone number and, and people can contact me through WhatsApp. Okay. Because, because I've been there and for me, I thrive on, helping other people, um, come out of the, the, that particular challenge. Mm -hmm. It's something, uh, I feel like it's a gift that's been given to me freely. And I love to turn around and give that gift to someone else and see them fly, just totally see them become free of the fear and free from the lies that, that hold them captive. And it's just, it's, it's liberating to, to keep that freedom for myself and then also to light somebody else's fire and see them um, soar as well. Yeah. Because your pain is your training in empathy, right? Like it's what it is. And so you are the perfect person to talk to about anything like that. And it, it helps both people, you know, because when you understand something well enough to teach it, you, you're blessed too, not just the student, but you actually teaching it. I totally agree. I think, I think the, it's sharing and empathizing and lifting each other. It's, um, we all grow in that experience, I think. Yeah. And just that people, you're not alone. And we're all dealing with, it really is all the same pain. It just manifests different, but I believe it's all that same pain, that shame that when um, Adam and Eve were cast out into the world and they were told right then, you're not good enough and there's something wrong with you. And that's something that we has been downloaded into our DNA. (laughs) And it's something that we have to work on for the rest of our lives. Um, but I don't want to be a downer about it because I see how happy you are and how happy I am and that there is light. And just because it's something we have to keep doing, like brushing our teeth, it, it it's a good thing. It's not, it's not a burden. Yeah. I love that so much. And that's so true. Like just thinking about like Adam and Eve being cast out, like they were, it was just, they're still able to communicate with God. And God is still with them mm-hmm. and it may be in a little bit of a different way, mm-hmm. but again, I think the lies 
separate it's the lies that separate us from God that I'm yeah. not good enough. Yeah. And that that's what's got to be taken care of. And, and I, you know, I today can really truly say that I am so grateful to be a food addict, a recovered food addict, because uh, that's exactly what brought me to my knees. Yeah. You know, that's what brought me to my, um, to my knees to reach out to, to God for, for help. You know, if, if I didn't have any problems, if I didn't have any challenges, what would I need? What would I need help for? Yeah. You know, and I, I really feel like the biggest challenges that we, the greatest challenges that we have and the hardest things that we can ever go through and can, can end up being our greatest strengths and our greatest asset in being able to help others for sure. to, um, with the same, like you say, with this, with the same challenges or where we can empathize with them and, and lift others. Yeah. All right. Well, Shalise, that is a perfect place to end. I want to thank you so much for coming on here, for being vulnerable and for offering help. And I will put your information in the show notes and people can reach out to you and, uh, just, I barely know you, but I'm so proud of you and what you've overcome and um, way to go. Well, Becky, thank you so much for having me on the show. And thanks to Carrie also for, for um, sharing. Us up, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so thank you so much. And thanks for what you're doing and spreading the, spreading the joy and the truth as well. All right. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Bye. Thanks. I'm not going to end meeting. I'm just going to stop the recording. Wasn't that great? My favorite takeaway from that is when she talked about the warning light or the check engine light. So your feelings are a warning light, a check engine light to what you are thinking. It's just saying, hey, you might want to check out your thoughts. You might want to see if they're serving you. You might want to see if they're even true. I just loved that way of thinking. Instead of being scared and afraid of the anxiety or the depression or the sadness or the loneliness or anything that's going on in your life, if you can just be like, oh, it's just a warning light. It's just letting me know that there's a little air. There's a little wires across. There's a little problem. So I really loved that. And that's the biggest takeaway that I got from this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. Leave me a review and check out the show notes. I'm going to put in a link for you to register for the upcoming class. Thanks again for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week and bye for now.